Hi, and welcome to another episode of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez, and it is a Saturday right before Daylight Savings Time, and I'm dreading losing that hour of sleep tonight. I don't know about the rest of you, but um, I have a hard time falling asleep and staying asleep, so losing an hour of sleep um, is quite possibly the worst thing I've heard all week. Uh, okay, so on today's episode, I wanted, there are a few things I want to talk about. First, I want to say, yeah, I'm really excited because uh, my daughter's flying back in uh, from Alabama for spring break. She wasn't really excited about it. She didn't want to come home. But like I explained to her, um, she ha- had to come home to see her mother because her mother is always taking care of her, has always been there. And uh, she at least owed it to her mother to uh, come home for nine days. And I also had to explain to her that uh, this house is not a democracy. It's the People's Republic of Rodriguez, and I'm the dictator, and she was going to either get on that plane and fly home in her first-class seats. I was going to drive down to Alabama, pick her up, throw her in the trunk, and then drive her back home. And so she picked option A, which was a lot better for her, and her mom's really excited, so I'm pretty excited for that as well. Um, So the two things I want to talk about today are, um, you know, continuing with the mental health topic. And I just, I also want to talk a little bit about uh, my experience with the VA this week and uh, my house buying um, shenanigans that I'm dealing with, right? Um, So the mental health and the house buying uh, go hand in hand. So if anybody's ever purchased a house or not, um, it, it can be pretty stressful, right? And we all know that. And I I was, uh, before I started this, I went and I applied for financing uh, for a loan through United Veterans. And they've been very helpful, uh, very pleased with the customer service that they've offered. And uh, the realtor was kind of, I mean, she's kind of been useless uh, because I went and got my own financing and my wife and I looked on Zillow and we found the houses that we wanted. This lady was sending us houses that were like two hours away. And, you know, she, I don't know. She seems like a nice lady, but she really didn't do very much for us. Um, so we found the house. My wife went and she looked at it, toured it. And, you know, we wanted to put in a bid. You know, they want us, they wanted us to apply for financing through their, um, through their company. And they said they wouldn't sell us a house unless we did. So, okay, sure. They said, we didn't have to use that, them, that finance company. We could use our own. And sure. So I did that. Right. And if I'm approved for one finance company, I should be approved for the other. Right. Well, the second finance company, they come back and, you know, I I assume they were just going to need like the W2s, pay stubs and, you know, the same thing that the first place wanted. Right. Well, no, they didn't. They also wanted me to write a letter explaining why I uh, should should be able to purchase this house. And I called the finance company. I said, why do I have to write a letter to justify why I am worthy to purchase a house? Or why am I worthy to uh, be offered a loan from you? I was like, you guys are stupid. And I told the gentleman that, and he was offended. And like I told him, it's like, I don't care. And part of that is because I'm, I, this whole house buying process is stressful and it's weighing on me, right? That with work, um, you know, doing 
being in the PhD program, it, it's, it's been stressful. And uh, so I've been working on myself trying to not be so rude. Uh, but this week I just haven't cared. And so I let him have it, right? It's like, I, I told him, I was like, look, I couldn't care less what you want. I, I'm going to write two sentences. I want a new house. And it's like, we can afford the house. And that's what I wrote on this letter. And I sent it to him. He called me back and said that was insufficient. I told him if he didn't like it, then he could write the letter, send it to me, and I'd sign it, and I'd send it back to him. Of course, he did do that. Why? Because this is 2023. It's not 2021, right? It's not 2022. Interest rates are ridiculously high. There aren't as many people uh, buying houses as there were last year or two years ago. I know this. I'm not the smartest person on the planet, but I'm smart enough. So like I told him, I was like, look, Holmes, sell me this house or not. I don't care. We'll go find another one. I want a house. It's like this pre-approval is good for four months. I, like I told my wife, you got four months to find a house because I'm not going to do the paperwork again. And she said, all right, not a problem. And I told this guy, like, Move on or just tell me you're not going to work with us and we'll go find another house. So, of course, he shut his big fat mouth and he the paperwork I sent him sufficed. Right. So now we're just wait, I'm waiting for him to come back and say um, whether he's going to offer us a loan or not. And I already told him, I was like, look, I don't I don't care if you offer me zero percent and you give me ten thousand dollars. I'm not going to use your finance company because you're making my life hard. And so he was offended by it. And again, I don't care um, because my my health, my physical health and my mental health is more important than all of that. And I get it. I, I shouldn't take my frustration out on him. I shouldn't be rude to him. But then again, that's his job. If he doesn't like it, find another job. That's your problem, dude. You're, whatever you're dealing with, that's your problem. I have to take care of me. And I want to put that out for everybody so everybody understands that. When we're in the military, we're always worried about the mission, right? We're always worried about the unit. We're always worried about taking care of everybody to our left and our right, our subordinates. We're always checking on making sure our leaders are okay because they have a lot of stress, right? And especially the higher you went in ranks as a NCO, right? As, as a team sergeant, it's like I felt like I had the weight of the world on me. And, and it was just miserable, once I left being a team sergeant, life got a lot better. Being an operations sergeant, and a first, even a first sergeant was, it was cake, right? Compared to being a team sergeant. And now that I'm out, I have to worry about my health. So yeah, there's no reason for me to be an ass, right? Part of that is just me. Part of that is just my personality. And I know that. Uh, so I try to keep that in check. But this week, no, I wasn't. You know, again, um, these guys are just like, that's your job and you're going to deal with it or not. I, I don't care. But I, I was at work and I was talking about how I ran a, a half marathon this, this past weekend. Right. And, uh, you no, know, we were talking about it because my boss, he, he does like the hundred mile, uh, road races, right. On his, uh, on his bike. And my other coworker, she does five Ks. So we all like to do something to stay active. And this one gentleman who's a retiree was telling me, about, um, you have to understand this gentleman has been in a knee brace for about the past six months, right? And his limp seems to be getting worse. And uh, he was telling me about, because I was saying that how my um, my spine hurts where uh, my discs are compressed and my shoulders hurt because 
you know, that swinging your arms for 13 miles, it, it takes a toll, right? And like I said, my shoulders, I need both of them replaced. And uh, so there he is again. He's telling me about how he's trying to give me training tips. And, and I told him the time I came in at, and he was saying, oh, well, that's not really fast. Like, what you need to do is this, 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 and this, right, to improve your time. And, you know, you know, you want to make sure that you had – he was telling me how I should run, you know, with my uh, – what is it? Um, to improve my stride, to improve, improve my efficiency, Uh while running and uh, I, I think I told him um, to what's the word what am I looking for I told him politely well not very politely I told him very rudely to go eat a penis right and he got all offended he was all mad I was like why, why would you say that it's like well I thought we were just saying random stupid things right now that just don't matter and he was offended and he walked away. And my boss asked me about it. I was like, I, I wasn't talking to this guy. I don't know why he came and decided that he was going to give me advice. And and that's common from retirees, right? Because we're so used to being out there giving advice, trying to help people, right? Well, this guy has never run a marathon. He's never run a half marathon. He's never even run a 10-miler. So why would I listen to him? He has nothing to offer me. It's like, again, I'm a nerd, right? So I like to read. So I've purchased books so I can read up on how to improve my running. Okay. I don't ask other people because I'm five foot seven and I'm 185 pounds. Typical person that runs these things that's successful is about what? Five, 10, six feet, probably about 130 pounds, right? They're gazelles. What works for them isn't going to work for me. So I have to do the research on my own to improve my runtime. Uh, secondly, this guy, like, I, I don't know him. So why would I listen to him on anything? This is the same idiot that said that I should get, um, you know, my shoulder replacement surgery, that I should go and, uh, you know, do the research. And, you know, it's a lot better. The technologies ha has improved. And so I asked him, it's like, oh, that's great. You know, like, when did you get your shoulder replacement? Uh, surgery. It's like, oh, I, I've never done it. I don't need that. So again, right? Like, why would I listen to this guy? And it, it's just important to take care of your, your mental health, right? People are going to tell you a lot of things. People are going to try to stress you out. Um, you need to just try to let things go as much as you can. And I have, um, there were some instances this week where I just, you know, how to let it out instead of holding it in or trying to uh, go for a run or play guitar or find some other way to let it out. I just had to unleash my frustration on the source of that frustration. And I did, I did uh, what two, maybe three times this week. Right. And I didn't apologize because I wasn't sorry. So I'm not going to, that's stupid to apologize for something that I'm not sorry for. I, I it wasn't going to be sincere. So why do it? At least now they know where we stand, right? That guy knows I don't need your advice. Unless it's work-related, I'd prefer not to talk to you because I just go do whatever you do. Like, leave me alone. And the finance company, look, I don't care how much you try to sweet-talk me. We're not friends. We're not. You, you want my business. You need my business. That Right? That's the whole part of negotiation. You have to have something I need. I already have financing, so I don't need you. 
And like I explained to the salesperson that was showing us this house, it's like, I'd like this house. I don't need this house. We already have a house. Don't need it. And if my wife wants a house and you won't sell us this one, guess what? There's thousands more out here that are for sale. And just go buy another. Right. And so it's important that you just lay that out there for people. They're, they're going to try to take advantage of you one way or the other, right? Because they're salespeople. So and like I told them, it's like every time you open your mouth, I just assume you're lying uh, because you're a salesperson. So why would I believe you? We're not, we're not BFFs. We're not bros. So stop acting like it. Just answer my goddamn questions. And of course they get offended, but um, I'm actually the easiest person to sell something to you. Cause when I show up, to a place that means I actually want to buy it. I'm not looking. I'm not. My research is done. And I just want to purchase it. So just this is what I want. How much are you selling it for? No, this is how much I'll pay. Okay. And and then we'll move on. And that's it. It should be a quick deal. Uh, but the, of course, um, they're going to do what they do. And that's not my problem. That's not my concern. All right. So the VA, right? Let me talk to you about the VA. So um, I had my first appointment um, with community care this week. And this was the first one with, with where it wasn't for us with the specialist. I wasn't going for my hearing. I wasn't going for a shoulder. Well, I was going in for my shoulder, but it wasn't with the specialist. It was just a straight um, with the PA, right? Physician assistant. And like I said, the two VA facilities here in Fayetteville are, are completely packed. So they said, hey, we can send you up to uh, in Raleigh or Durham or somewhere like an hour away, right? I said, no, I'll just go to community care. What's community care? That means I can just go see a regular um, doctor, right? I set, it, I set up the appointment through the VA, and they pointed me to a doctor's office. And so I went, right? And my mistake was I assumed that the VA was going to send my information over to this doctor's office, right? So the doctor's office would know that I was showing up and that they knew that I uh, – was covered under the VA. Nope. They thought I was just a walk-in. They didn't know that I actually had an appointment and they didn't know that I was with the VA. Um, so that took a little while to uh, clear that nonsense up and, and that was fine. The people there are great. Um, they're very polite and I appreciated um, their help. Right. So when I go in to see the PA, um, you know, they take my vitals and, you know, I'm used to being in the military where you have 15 minutes, right? 15 minutes. From the time of your appointment and the time that they're leaving, like they're out, right? And the thing that used to upset me about the uh, military is that you'd show up for an appointment, right? Say it's 1030 and uh, they probably wouldn't see you to about 1050, right? And they would have to sign. It's like, hey, if you've been waiting for more than 10 minutes, let us know. And I always would and they would they would get upset. Uh, right. And then they would call me in, they take my vitals and then they'd go through my history. Right. Every time I went in there, they would take my history um, from the beginning, stuff that should be in the file. Right. They would go, start all over again and that would eat up 14 minutes. So then when the doc would actually come in, I would get the same answer. Right. It was like, well, what do you want me to do? Awesome. You know what? How about you do your goddamn job? Huh? Ever did that ever occur to you? Right, the the fat whale that uh, was looking at me when I went in because of my uh, five compressed discs. I didn't know that they were compressed. I just knew that I uh, my lower back hurt, and every once in a while I had pain that would shoot through my legs. Right. Uh, her response to me was, 
I mean, I have back pain. You know, I played tuba in college. You don't see me complaining. Awesome, right? Surviving two IEDs, an RPG blast, and being on jump status for 21 years and 128 jumps is the equivalent of playing tuba in the marching band for four years. Awesome. Right. And that's, so that's the stupidity that you deal with with the, some of the docs in a, the army. Right. Not all of them. Not all of them. These are the examples I'm giving you are just. They're two isolated incidences. Right. It, it's the majority of the docs I dealt with actually wanted to help me. Um, the second one. Right. I went in there for my uh, sinuses. Right. I've had allergy problems all my life, but never like this. And it was after I came back from Iraq the first time, right? I went three times. And each time I lived, what, I don't know. The furthest away I ever lived from a burnt pit was 400 meters. 400 meters. Are you kidding me? You don't think that's going to have some sort of effect on me? Right? Two years of my life living next to burn pits. Right? But what do I know, right? So I asked this guy. It's like, hey, man, can I get a referral over to the over to Womack for the H-E-E-N-T uh, section, right? So they can check out my sinuses. And his response to me was, yeah, well, you know, we're not going to waste our time by sending you up there. I'm going to give you some Flonase. Awesome, dude. I, this was at year 17 in my military career. I was like, you don't think I've uh, figured that out, that I need to go just purchase some allergy medicine? And uh, each time I would go in, they would say that I had high blood pressure. It's not that I have high blood pressure. It's that I already knew the stupid answers that I was going to get from the military clinics. And I would be upset walking in because I knew the answers that were going to come out of their mouths. They don't want to help you. It's it's just, uh, okay, here's some Motrin, here's some Icy Hot. Uh, Oh, okay. You, all right, we'll give you some opiates. Right. Because that's what they do. That's all they do. They don't actually want to treat anybody here. We're just going to here. here, Here's some pills. Move on. Right. And so when I went to this place um, on Monday, I got a. You know, they took my vitals and uh, the lady, the lady asked, well, what's your blood pressure usually? It's like it's about like 120 over 80, 115 over 75. And it came in at 140 over 90. It's like, that's really high. It's like, no, 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 no. So you don't understand. This is uh, this is typical. Uh, and I explained to her, right, this is what happens when I go into a doctor's office. I, I just automatically get, I'm like Pavlov's dog now, right? You ring the bell and the dog starts salivating. Well, as soon as I walk into a doctor's office, my blood pressure just goes off the chart. I, I instantly just get mad because I already, I'm used to, um, the Army conditioned me to that, right? I know that I'm going to go in there and I'm not going to be treated unless I have to uh Unless I make you treat me. That's the only way I'm going to be treated. Right. And they took my pulse. And I really like this because uh, my pulse was, you know, I was sitting down. I was just resting, just hanging out. And my pulse came in at 51. And she was actually concerned about that. I was like, she went and she called the doc. like, his pulse is like, like, I'm a little worried about it. He's going to be 49 and that's a low pulse. And, you know, they asked me like if I exercise, I said, yes. I said, you know, explaining to them I had just run a half marathon. So I said, oh, okay. And then they weren't too worried about it, right? So I, I'm happy that they actually ask questions and they take their time. I was used to the whole 15 minutes, right? Um, they saw me for about a half hour. And I explained to the doc what was going on with my shoulders while I was there. And 
she said, okay, yeah, that's no problem. And I told her about the possibility of shoulder replacement surgery. It's like, no, 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 you're only 49. We're not even going to consider that until you're 60 because it would just be a waste. It's like, we're going to try to treat the pain. And so automatically I jumped. I said, hey, I'm not taking opiates. It's like, no, we're not going to, like, that's a horrible idea. We're not going to offer you opiates. That's that's like the last, very last thing that we would offer. And then she's explained that, like, that's, like, there's a hundred other things we're going to try before we even get there, which was awesome, right? Because that's not what the military does. It's like, here's some icy hot, here's some, uh, here's some motion. Oh, that's not working. Okay. Uh, here's some opiates, right? So she said, Hey, I want to put you in physical therapy and explain to her my experience with physical therapy in the army. She's like, no, no, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll make sure not to hurt you anymore. It's like, okay, so we're going to do that. She referred me to um, orthopedics, and then she asked, like, hey, uh, since you're here, I mean, would you like to do a steroid shot? Because I told her I had steroid shots before, and I did PRP. I said, I'm never doing PRP again. I'd rather you just cut my arms off than ever do that garbage again. It's like because it made my uh, arms hurt a lot more, and it actually weakened me it weakened my the strength that i had right so i'll, I'll never do prp if, if you want to do that go right ahead but that's not for me and uh so i said yeah you know i'll do a steroid shot it's like so what, when should i should i schedule it on the way out like what for about a month from now six weeks it's like and she's looking at me like i'm speaking cling on to her right and she's like why would you wait that long it's like she asked me that, like, why, why, why do you want to wait? It's like, I mean, I'm just assuming I have to wait for when you have time, right? It's like, it's, you know, one thirty in the afternoon. It's like, unless you have to go play golf or you have to leave right now, it's like, we can do it right now. It's like, okay, where do I go? It's like, well, you're sitting in this chair. Why don't you just move two feet and sit on the table and, uh, I'll give you the shot. And I was like totally amazed. Just blew my mind that I can actually ha have treatment right then and there, right? Like I'm injured and you're going to help me right then and there. I don't have to deal with it for another month before you'll help me out, right? And she did. She walked out, came back in two minutes later, boom, hit me with the shot and felt a lot better. I asked her, I was like, well, do we have to go somewhere so we can get the x-ray machine? It's like, why do you want an x-ray machine? It's like, it's like, if you want it, we can use it, but there's, I mean, it's like, no, they, everybody, every time I received one in the army, it's like, they had to use the x-ray machine. It's like, okay, well, I mean, we don't need it. And it's like, no, go right ahead. So what I, this is a long story to say that the treatment on the outside is a lot better than that garbage, trash, bullshit medicine that the army gives you, right? That the military gives you. And yes, I, I know garbage and trash are the same thing, but try not to curse. Um, so sometimes my words come out and a synonym will come out right after, you know. Um, so, no, it was great. It was awesome. Um, the whole experience with the um, community care was great. Now, the following day, uh, you know, I had to – because now, since I'm retired, I have three – different insurances, right? I have one from work, one is a retiree, I have uh, TRICARE, and then I have 
one through the VA. So she asked me, it's like, do you want to make this primary care? It's like, uh, explain to her. It's like, I don't know. I've never had, I haven't had primary care, you know, on the outside in 22 years. So I don't, I don't know. I was pretty pleased with it. It's like, okay, sure. I, what do I need to do is she said, just come in whenever you're sick or hurt. You just come in here and we'll treat you. It's like, Oh, okay. And I know this sounds like common sense, but I haven't experienced this. So I was very happy that she was willing to walk me through the process and answer my stupid questions. Cause that's what they were. They were questions that would come from a moron. Right. And I'm not ashamed to say it because I was like, I, I don't know how this works. And she was very patient and she seems like a very good PA. So I, I'm going to keep going back. Now, my only question was, since the VA set it up, I, I didn't know if I had to keep setting up my appointments through the VA or if I could just send them up with the provider. Right. So the following day, I called the VA, right, the 800 number. The young lady there is like, well, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you can set it. She told me it's like, I'm, I'm 99% sure that you can set it up with the uh, provider, but I don't want to say yes, because I'm, there's a little bit of doubt. So she transferred me somewhere and the phone just rang, 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 rang. And so I hung up and called back. Right. So the next lady, I explained the same situation to her and she said, well, you know, we have to transfer you here and uh, they'll answer your question. We can't answer that. I was like, okay. So again, it just rang, 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 rang. So I hung up, called back a third time. This last lady, right, she was must have been having a bad day because uh, I explained the same thing to her. And she said, well, you're just going to have to stay on the line and you're going to have to, like, they'll answer your questions. It's like, so I explained to her, so if nobody answers the phone, can I just drive into the VA uh, facility here and just ask them, would they be able to answer this question? It's like, no, you're not allowed to go in there. It's like, why not? It's like, because you're on community care, so you can't go in there. It's like, I'm a veteran. I have my rating. Why would I not be allowed to go into the facility, the VA facility? It's like, there's two in Fayetteville. Why not? It's like, because you're not, you're not allowed to. You chose community care, so you can't go. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to let you know right now that you're going to transfer me over there and I'll, I'll, I'll give you 10 rings. If nobody answers, then I'm going to go over to the VA facility. And she, of course, got mad. It's like, no, not allowed. I'm telling you, you can't go. It's like, look, I don't care what you have to say because what are you going to do to me? Put me in the VA jail? I don't think so. So what are you going to do? It's like, thanks. And I just hung up. I didn't even wait for her to transfer me over. So I drove over to the VA facility and yeah, of course, you know, the people there, I try to be as patient as I can with them, the people that are working in the VA facility, because they get a lot of angry veterans that go in there, right? And uh, so the gentleman that was there, he was a, I explained to him that I was on community care and uh, immediately he just went into his uh, speech, right? His uh, standard uh, statement. And he spoke for about two minutes straight without taking a breath and explained to me about community care. And I couldn't uh, go into the VA to have a doctor see me. I had to be on community care for a year because that's what I chose. And it's like, so I let him finish. And I explained to him, it's like, I like community care. I don't want to come into the VA. 
as I gets depressing coming in here, I see what my future holds. And I, I don't like coming in here because I don't want to face the reality that that's going to be me one, one of these days. It's like, so my only question is, can I just set up my appointments through the provider or do I have to still go through the VA system? And quick answer was like, no, just go through straight through the, to the provider. They'll set them up and just, um, just use your VA ID. Um, and they'll, they'll charge a VA for it. It's like, okay, awesome. And then he asked like, do you have any other questions? Like, yeah, can I get my VA ID? Because last time I went in, the machine was down. So, you know, I went, took my picture and, you know, I was smiling. I had my psychotic smile going on. Um, Cause why not? Why not smile in, in these photos? Right. And of course that upset the lady that was taking the picture. She was trying to say that I couldn't smile. It's like, we'll sit here all day lady. Cause I'm going to smile. And so she finally gave in, relented and said, okay, and took my picture. And, and that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Like if you have to go to community care, I, I can't say all of everybody's experience is going to be like that, but I had a pleasant experience and I would recommend it. Um, I know people are worried that, you know, the VA is going to lose their files. Like, I'd be worried just going into the VA facility that they're going to lose my files because it's not like they're the best run uh, organization on the planet. So every time I go in with the VA, I just automatically assume that they're going to screw things up. And it, it, it hasn't been bad. It hasn't. They're, they've been very good. They've answered my questions. And like I said, um, they've called me several times to follow up and see if I have a job or if I need help finding a job. So it's gotten a lot better. Um, you know, you just have to be proactive and you have to ask ask questions, right? And people are going to give you quick answers because they, they just want to get you out of the way, right? And I understand that because I'm like that too sometimes. Um, we just give you a quick answer, just get out, like, leave me alone. I don't want to deal with that, right? But this is your health. And so you, you have to care. Nobody's going to care for you, right? And all, all of this nonsense, I know it's taking me, it's taking me longer to explain this than it, it took me to actually do all of this stuff. All right. So, you know, like how, how hard was it for me to call the 800 number? How, how difficult was it to drive over the VA facility? Wasn't. So just be patient and, you know, just know that you have your, um, your entitlements, right? And that's what that's what they are. You're entitled to these benefits. So use them, right? I'm purchasing this house, right? Like I said, North Carolina offers this a uh, little bit lower of a state uh, a tax on the on the house, right? So yeah, I'm going to fill out the paperwork and send it in so I can pay a little bit less tax on that house um, because I'm 100%, uh, my rating was 100% uh, permanently disabled. I got a you know, there's a fee I forgot. Um, if if you haven't heard uh, Bill Mitzev's uh, little um, explanations on LinkedIn, go ahead, look him up, and he'll explain it too. Like, uh, there's a fee that I don't have to pay because of my disability rating. So take advantage of this stuff. Why not? I mean, if you don't, then it just goes to waste. All right. So um, that's going to pretty much end it today because uh, – this crazy weather has made my lawn grow um, way early. I didn't think I was going to have to mow the lawn for about another month, but turns out I have to do it today. 
Um, so I wanted to just give a shout out, um, T, T Money, Amanda, uh, Jesse and I, and, and Stacy, we served with T, uh, out in Iraq back in 2008. And, uh, I just want to say, Hey, I miss you T. I hope everything's going well. I know you're living, living it up out there in Virginia beach. And, uh, I hope you and Braxton are, are doing well. All right. So if you hear this T Money. You know, for old time's sake, right? And uh, with that, hey, I just want to say, hey, uh, my ant eaters—they didn't make it through the Big West uh, tournament, so they won't be in the round of what 64, 68 teams now. But maybe they'll make it to the NIT and Alabama. You know, Alabama should be a number one seed. So good luck, Tide, or I hope you win, Tide. All right. So until next time, just remember uh, you are important, and you have something that makes you special. Just identify what that is, and you know, maximize it to your the fullest potential and you'll be successful. All right. So until next time, take it easy. Zot, zot, zot. And roll tide.